Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi, good evening. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is a show for entrepreneurs, for startups, early stage businesses. We're the people that are going to make a difference. We're the people that are going to change the economy. We're the people that are going to get people back to work. We're the people that are going to improve the quality of life, not only all Americans, but for everybody on the planet. It's only entrepreneurs that will kickstart the economic recovery and create those high-paying, skilled jobs that we need for the 21st century. You know, like all of us, I guess, we're, we're glued to the election. And uh, a few minutes ago, the Republican Party um, nominated Mitt Romney as their candidate for the elections in November. And the, Repub- uh, the Democrats will do the same thing next week. But they're not going to change anything, despite what they say about helping employers and, and whatever. They're going to do very little. Doesn't matter what they do. You know, it's not about whether you pay 30% or 28% tax. It's about giving people the tools they need to be successful. If you can be successful, that extra couple of percent of tax really doesn't matter. What we've got to do is give people the tools to be successful. You know, the fact that 97% of all businesses go out of business in the first 10 years is an appalling statistic. It is dreadful, and it doesn't help the economy or unemployment. I just gave a presentation um, only about an hour and a half ago to a group of entrepreneurs, um, and we had some fun. But, you know, we talked about the fact that what we've got to focus on is making money. You know, it doesn't matter how great your product is or what a great bunch of R&D people you've got or what a great bean counters you've got or what great tax advisors you've got. If you don't turn over money, if you don't sell people stuff, then all of those people are worth a damn. You know, your focus every day has got to be, how am I going to make money today? What am I going to sell today? How am I going to plan to get business today? So that's what we need to we need to focus on. You know, I've mentioned before, it's not the project or the or funding or lack of that causes companies to fail. It's the lack of business skills that cause 72% of all business failures. Most entrepreneurs don't want to acknowledge that. You know, they blame the weather, the government, the the election cycle, the, I don't know, anything, the economy. They'll even blame an ingrown toenail. You know, anything except look in the mirror and blame their lack of business model, their lack of business plan, leadership, management, HR, marketing, finance, operations, sales ability. They're the things that send companies broke. So those of us who have made it through the system, made millions of mistakes, but hopefully learned from them on the way through. We need to develop mentor programs where we assist entrepreneurs in their business. And I urge you, no matter where in the world you are, 
to either start or join a business or an entrepreneur's group. Share your expertise. Share your contacts and your facilities to help other entrepreneurs be successful. I mean, we had a great meeting this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, I enjoy presenting to um, uh, startup businesses and small business owners. These are essentially small business owners. There were a lot of, you know, bigger guys there too. But, you know, it's amazing the simple advice you can give people that will really make a difference to their business. So now in order to get your business on track and keep it on track, you need to start off on the right foot. Now, we all know that we can get so much more done so much more efficiently and much more effectively if we plan. So this is what we should do in the first half hour of every day. Get up in the morning, you're seeing things clearly, you're feeling motivated, you know, prioritise your day and make sure you strategize on what you can do to make money. If the 98% of businesses that fail spent more time focusing on how they make money and made money, they wouldn't fail. Now, successful people schedule themselves a 30-minute thinking period every day before they start work, and you should too. According to a great article I saw this week on Time Online, the first hour of the workday for Craig Newmark of Craigslist, David Carp of Tumblr, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy and others They say that first hour is critical, and they'll tell you that it makes a huge difference. Now, here are the first items on their daily to-do list. Firstly, don't check your emails for the first hour. Try not to check your emails until about 10 o'clock in the morning, because if somebody wants you urgently for something, they'll ring you or they'll text you. But we get up in the morning, we go to our emails, We spend all this time answering a whole bunch of crap that isn't going to do you any good or just passing the monkey and sending it on to somebody else and you're just wasting time and taking away your focus. So it's an idea that's reinforced in Julie Morgenstein's book, Never Check Email in the Morning. And it's a great strategy for leaving the office with the feeling that even on days when you've been totally flat out, You've got some good things done first up. So there's serial emailers. There's people who just love to keep sending you bloody emails and expecting an instantaneous response. You know, and you know, we, we don't need to get caught up in that. We need to worry about our business. We need to worry about making a profit ourselves today, now. So secondly, one smart, simple question on curated Q&A site, Cora, asked, how do the most successful people start your day? And the most popular response quoted Tony Robbins, hour of power, 30 minutes to thrive or at least 15 minutes to fulfillment. Part is light exercise focus on getting yourself focused and relaxed. Part of it involves motivational thoughts and 10 minutes of thinking on everything in your life that you're grateful for. After that, visualize everything in your life that you want. It's a great way to get motivated. I always used to start the day, and I was talking about it this morning, that I should go back to it. And immediately before I gave a speech of blasting 
playing to win through my headphones. It is such a great song. If you want it, go and get it. I mean, it's all about turning you on, motivating you, getting fired up, creative, and determined to be successful. Thirdly, you've got to do the big, tough stuff first. Pick the toughest project project that you have or the one that you're not looking forward to because it sucks or because it's difficult or because it's embarrassing or because it's time consuming. Tackle that first, you know, and couple that with the thought of getting stuff done before you tackle your emails and you've got a great day-to-day system in place. Now, here are a few tips on how you stick to that because it's hard. Choose the pain in the ass task. Write it down on a piece of paper. First thing before you, you know, preferably the night before, stick it on your desk. And if you can, get all the research and the background and put that on your desk too so that when you walk in in the morning, you can get into it straight away. You know, one benefit of that is that you get into it first thing in the morning. You haven't got those pain in the neck people that look over your shoulder and keep trying to give you advice. You can get in and get stuff done. Now, the fourth task you should do every day is to ask yourself if you're doing what you really want to do. Now, feeling unfulfilled is not something you realise after months or even years. You know, you need to make an earnest attempt every morning at what the late Apple CEO Steve Jobs told the graduating class at Stanford to do. I mean, that was one of the great speeches of all time, I reckon. I'm sure you've all seen it. But at one stage, Steve Jobs said, ask yourself, if today were the last day of your life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer's been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. I mean, that's great advice. Now, we all know that the most important ingredient in growing a business is customer service. It's four times more important to growth in return on investment and for um, for building a business and building return customers. And it's infinitely less expensive than marketing or advertising. Now, Craigslist founder Craig Newmark also considers customer service to be critically important. Customer service is what Newmark does every single day at Craigslist, responding to user complaints, attacking scammers and spammers. You know, he's got bigger fish that he could work on every day, but he says that customer service anchors in reality and gets people to come back. Now, your own version of customer service might be different. It might be keeping in touch with contacts from old projects. It could be checking in with co-workers that you don't usually interact with, you know, talking to your mentors, just generally handling the people side of business that often gets lost. So do your customer service regularly and you'll have a much more dedicated customer base and a much and a reliable bunch of helpers when you need help. Now it's important in any business but probably more important in startups and early stage business, to create an office space that encourages teamwork. Business today requires collaboration, but we rarely design our workspaces to support this. Do we? You think about it. I'd like to just mention three ways that your company can structure your office to better support people working together. The first, 
vary the types of workspaces. I mean, you need group spaces for co-creation. There should be areas for concentrated work. You need social exchange areas. You need learning rooms with technology and tools. You know, it's essential that you also provide the right tools. You know, make sure that meeting rooms have got all the tools and whiteboards and that are, and that allow people to think outside the box, to scribble thing on the things on the walls, to to review things. And it's critical to give teams a dedicated space. And leaving leaving messages on on the walls or on notice boards or putting things where you can grab them it sharpens the focus and it keeps and it speeds up that collaborative process so obviously there are a lot of things that we as a society we've got to work on in order to improve the income and unemployment situation and also to reduce the debt but one of our priorities must be to assist entrepreneurs become better business people. We have an amazingly creative country here. We have millions of ideas that need to be fostered. We have eager investors ready to support entrepreneurs. Any entrepreneur that can properly articulate their project and its financial future and get the entrepreneur excited, the investor excited, will get funding. What we don't have is the education process in the areas of leadership, management, human resources, marketing, finance, operation, and sales. And they're the reasons people go broke. So if you're in a successful business, reach out to entrepreneurs. Give them a helping hand. They will determine the future not only for our generation, but for our children's future. I had a great time talking to these people this morning. I got a great response just talking common sense about how to be successful in business. And don't forget, you can create a really strong differentiation for your business, even if your product or service is exactly the same as 100 competitors. Think about Domino's. How many competitors have they got? 20 million? 50 million? I don't know how many people make pizza. They differentiated them. A hard word. Differentiated themselves, and you can too. Remember, having a great product is only 10 to 15% of the battle. Money's 15% of the battle. The other 70% is your strategy and your ability to run a business and manage people. Now, don't forget to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Tweet me at the Bob Pritchard. Join me on LinkedIn, Facebook or Google+. Contact me by carrier pigeon if you want to. Smoke signals even. I don't care. Just don't ignore me. I'm Bob Pritchard, and I'll be back in a moment with my first guest, who is one of the marketing greats in America, and uh, he's a friend and a wonderful talent. See you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. 
Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we talk to people who are the movers and the shakers in the business world and people who are shaping where this planet's going. And we try to work out what makes them tick, and what it is about them that makes them special. Now, my guest today is Tom McGrath, who was the founder and chief sustainability officer at Labs Renewable Energy. Now, while pursuing his anthropology degree at Cornell University, he was active in ENSOL, a solar energy collective. Then he began his initial career path as a filmmaker, He apprenticed in Florence, Italy, where he developed a passion for lighting with a lean visual style. When he came back to the US, he moved behind the camera on major feature films, TV shows, documentaries, music videos, and enjoyed a successful career creating commercials for companies such as Toyota, Fox Sports, American Express, Pizza Hut, Chevron, Chevy, sorry, Verizon, and Nike. Now, Thomas now returned to his renewable energy roots to work with an advanced fuel cell technology that's more efficient and significantly less expensive than it was previously. Now, there's no question we have an energy problem. We must reduce our consumption of fossil fuels. I saw on CNN this morning that within two years they're expecting to be no Arctic 
ice at all through the summer. So we have a, a problem where we've got to reduce our consumption of, of fossil fuels. We also have a waste problem and we must stop wasting our waste. We just can't keep tipping it into landfills. So Tom's company is pioneering zero organic waste to zero emission energy, and I think it's a fantastic project. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Mate, I've got to ask you, I I spoke to Tom yesterday, and he was at the Idaho State Fair. Tell me about the State Fair. Was it great? Yeah, fantastic. Everywhere I look, uh, I, I see opportunity for waste to energy. Of course, they weren't using it during the demolition derby, but in the future, I envision where they would be able to use uh, ethanol or biofuels right. for uh, demolition derby. <laughs> always, always looking for an angle, right? Um, right. <laughs> the reason I like state fairs is the junk food. <laughs> <laughs> now, from a filmmaker to renewable energy, that's that's quite a jump. What? Um, cause you to make that jump? Well, one sounds, um, one sounds glamorous and attractive and full of superstars, and the other sounds like a hard path to hoe. Yeah, thanks. That, that's, that's actually a great question, and, and I, I've, I've enjoyed uh, yeah, quite, a, quite an interesting career. I've always been sort of more on, on the technical side of things, you know, on, the, on the film and video, doing... Uh, you know, being a lighting director and a gaffer before that and yeah. uh, cinematographer for some years. And I just, uh, I've, I've always been interested in, in technology and just the more I kept looking at things and seeing what I could possibly accomplish in, in my life, I just kept thinking that, boy, why, whatever happened to the solar energy project I was working on decades ago and why didn't anything ever really, you know, take off or why is it taking so long? And I figured at a certain point it's up to, people like me who have a basic understanding of it to help move things along. So that's really what I'm trying to do. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's uh, quite as glamorous as as the film business, but uh, I guess I'm getting into the waste business. Yeah. yeah. And you, <laughs> Go uh, figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so why do you consider fuel cell technology to be the new renewable energy? Right. Well, when, when most people think of renewable energy, they think solar, and they think wind. Yeah. Uh, some people think uh, a little bit. Okay, maybe there's tidal uh, energy or geothermal. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there in in, in all those. But we're, what, what I'm thinking of is is, and a lot of people are focused on this actually. Is is how do we stop thinking in terms of of of, of waste and start thinking as um, as organic material being a natural a resource, yeah. and it's a resource that, that that we're squandering. So we can do you know we can do much more with with this as a natural resource, and that's why I'm, I'm saying it's, it's the new renewable energy. It, and it, the best thing about it is that it's always on. So we don't uh, the sun may or may not shine, the the wind may or may not blow, and where this can be a continuous source of energy. Is there enough waste generated? I know. We, we always make comment that for a couple of people, we tend to generate a hell of a lot of waste. So is there enough waste um, to be able to provide what percentage of, of our energy needs? Right. And, and, and this will 
these these are lofty questions that people you know smarter than I can can really think about and policy people down the road. But when we when we think about reduce. Uh, reuse and recycle. Th th there's a reason why those are in that order. So we would we should reduce the amount of waste that we generate. Right now, I think in sure. the states, it's 40% of the food is wasted. Wow. So that's just outrageous, and that's just the actual food that was you know basically you know produced as food is wasted. Yes. That's not talking about all the organic material that was uh, that, that that grew in the process of of making that food. Right. So there's there's enormous amounts of waste in the agri in, in agriculture, and and then we can also talk in terms of biomass and what kind of uh, you know what kind of energy we can we can do from we, we we can get from from trees and from and from and from biomass. So those are sort of overlapping areas, and I would say it's a wasted resource. Um, just looking at at food waste. Okay, so how do fuel cells make energy? What's the process We're, there? Right. So, um, especially the fuel cell technology that 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 we're working with is it's it's basically a a electrochemical reaction yep. that takes place. So it's not combustion. We introduce hydrogen and oxygen into a catalyst into a fuel cell. Think, think of something a little bit bigger than the than a than the iPad. Okay. It's a you know something. Um, rectangular and, and rather narrow, and in that there's a catalyst in the middle, and then oxygen flows in and hydrogen flows in, and okay. we get ele electrons spun off, and we get water and uh, heat. But basically, the electrons is what's fascinating because then we can stack these up and get a, a fuel cell stack where we can produce significant amount of electricity. Where do you get the hydrogen from? And there's the rub. So in the past several decades, when people think of fuel cells, uh, myself included, I, I, it was always, oh, that's really interesting. Okay, great. So fuel cells and this electrochemical uh, reaction, very interesting. And then it would always sort of leave me, uh, leave, leave me cold because the hydrocarbons where they got the hydrogen from were always fossil fuels. Yeah. So they would use oil, they would use coal, they would use natural gas to 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 get at the hydrogen. Yeah, sure. And then they would have the hydrogen separated. So it always came from fossil fuels. Whereas we can get it from from uh, from methane or from synthetic gas or production gas, any kind of sort of biogas. We can get the hydrogen out of that. Okay. So why should we care so much about methane? Yeah. So. Methane, when, when, when methane is released into the atmosphere, it is, depending on where exactly you are and temperatures and actually weather patterns, that methane is 20 to 70 times worse for climate change than carbon. Okay. So that's where the real problem comes in. And there's a lot of industries and a lot of uh, processes that produce methane uh, just straight away. So that's one place where we could just do, there, wherever methane is being released into the atmosphere or even flared, it's better than just being released. But in any case, we could capture that methane and, and make electricity from that. Isn't, um, isn't something like, and I might be totally way off here, but isn't something like 70% of methane in the, in the atmosphere caused from cows? 
Yeah, there's a there's a, a large <laughs> percentage of that, and and uh, how do you, you know, that? Yeah, exactly. Between uh, you know, at, at, at any given dinner party, you can get into a full-on conversation about about all that, and and how do we control that or not? Or, or some people say we eat too much meat, and so I'll let you know people sort of figure sure. out what we're going to do in the future about that. But but yeah, I mean, even at uh, Cornell, there's uh, projects going on with a, a great deal of the. They can control how much methane a cow releases based on its diet. So oh, really? there are okay. different kinds of, of, of nutritional um, uh, courses that, that they can set for, for for different types of cows that will you know reduce that methane. So, but that's not really. I don't think it's quite as much as that. But sure, I mean uh, that's a problem. That's, that's, a, that, that's an obvious uh, natural source, and if you can figure out some way to capture all that, um, that'd be useful. Yeah. So, how does zero organic waste to zero emission energy work? Right. So there, there's basically some some intellectual property in sort of three general areas, and that's in anaerobic digestion and pyrolysis and gasification is one sort of area where you're trying to basically take organic. You're basically composting right. organic material, but you're doing it with without oxygen, and you're doing it in a way that captures all the gases. So instead okay. of composting out in the yard or out in the in the in a, in a field outside of town or in in huge uh, composting facilities uh, near, near dumps, they used to dump it all in the landfill. Now sure. they're doing more and more composting, which is good. But even that composting, in that process of composting, there's a, there's a great deal of methane and a great deal of uh, of, of other gases uh, that get released into the atmosphere. So if we can capture a, a percentage of that and anaerobically digest it. And then, uh, and or a process of gasification, which is not incineration, and there's a, there's a difference there. Yeah. Um, through gasification, you're making biochar, which is a great soil um, en- enhancer, um, a, a sort of a super, uh, a, a, a super fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, natural, all natural. Yeah. And and so 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 that that process creates the gas that we're looking for. Then that gas can be reformed and and hydrogen stripped out, and then that hydrogen can be entered into this fuel cell. So it's essentially a, cl- electricity. a closed circuit system where nothing gets away. Right, and then exactly, and we'll have we'll have carbon dioxide as 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 a uh, um, as a as a captured gas that we have, and we can feed greenhouses with that. We can, uh, I mean, there's a number of of, of Different ideas. Uh, of course, um, one of the ones that I like a lot. I drive a biodiesel. Um, is to do algae tanks so we can make biodiesel. So we could grow algae to make biodiesel, and CO2 would would be very helpful to rapidly grow the uh, or to increase the speed at which algae is grown. Right. Um, so responsibility is this. Does this come down to? Um, Local districts, local councils, state uh, right. we're, programs. We're actually, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It, it, it can be on a, on, on, a, on, a, on a fairly localized basis. It could also just be on, on, a, on a small on a small scale uh, business basis. So let's say that you're in the you, know, you have some sort of food processing business, and um, 
in, in, I mean, and currently you're paying a, a waste company to come and take your all your waste away, including your organic waste, yeah. and you pay fees, and you're going to pay higher and higher and higher fees over time because it's just more and more expensive. In, in California, for instance, there's a, there, there are laws, uh, AB 341, that that in, indicates that you have that, that all you know communities and industries have to greatly reduce the amount of organic waste that gets thrown um, that gets discarded into in landfills. So diverting from landfills is just becoming more and more and more important. And getting it right is is what we're on about. So How composting is a great solution, and then this I think is even um, serves a higher purpose of generating electricity from that waste. How long before you um, um, really start to make an impact with uh, your zero organic waste to zero emission energy? How long before you start to make a right? Significant I, th- impact? I think that there's, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are doing great work in this area, and, and there are different kinds of fuel cells out there. So it's it's starting to happen. We just have a. We, I think what what we're introducing is a way to, to really jumpstart it because we've sort of crack the code where we can produce these at, at much lower cost. And that's always been a barrier uh, to entry, is that basically you have to rely, in the past you had to rely on subsidies to get fuel cells to make economic sense. Right. And now we've come up with a pretty uh, inexpensive way to get this going. So to answer your question, that it's, it's hard to say exactly what's going to um, kickstart it, but we're, 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 we're chomping at the bit and uh, just getting out of the gate so well that's great thanks tom i really appreciate you taking your time away from family to talk with me and i guess i'll see you in a couple of weeks at metal now if you'd like to know more about tom mcgrath and what labs renewable energy is doing where do they go tom how do they get in touch with you right yeah so uh it's uh my my email is tom.mcgrath at macmac.com Fantastic. Tom.McGrath at Mac.com. Now, I'll be back after this short break with Brian Klopp, who is a great example of a successful business person who goes out of his way to help others. See you after the break. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, 
donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the segment where we talk to people involved in show business. So we like to find out, you know, what makes them tick, what drives them to do what they do, and how it works Behind the scenes, you know, we all read the stuff in People and all the other magazines about um, the on-screen stuff, but um, we like to talk about what the, the business side is all about and what it takes to make something successful. My guest today is Brian Klopp. Now, Brian is the CEO of A-Graphic, A-Creative, sorry, LLC, which provides high-end programming, graphics design, search engine optimization, and e-commerce to clients, which include hedge funds and investment firms, attorneys, and people like that. But Brian's first love is as a screenwriter of humanitarian films, recently completing a script with Lung Ung, based on her best-selling book, First They Killed My Father, and on her experiences as a Cambodia genocide survivor. As an actor, Brian's performances have included a principal role on the History Channel, a lead at the prestigious Trenton War Memorial Theatre, and a co-star at the Park Performing Arts Centre. Now, Brian graduated from Rutgers University in 2005 with highest honours. He's a member of the Cap and Skull Honour Society, regarded as the highest accolade a student can achieve, with only 18 students selected annually from among 18,000, based on leadership, merit and character. In other words, he's a smart bastard. He knows what he's doing. Now, while at Rutgers, um, Brian founded the screenwriters community of Rutgers University, studied independently with two of Steven Spielberg's writers and completed an original screenplay, Amazing Grace, as part of his honours thesis. Brian's also heavily involved in conservation projects and has been an entertainment reporter. What I like about Brian, I met Brian a few months ago, and Brian's one of those guys who will go out of his way to help you. He's um, he's selfless, and uh, he really likes helping people. And we've spoken on this show a number of times about the need to have mentors and the need to have people to help us through with things we all can't be good at everything. And... Um, Brian is one of those gems that loves to help people. Brian, great to talk to you. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. 
Thank you, Bob. It's an honor to be here. You are a wonderful person as well, and we're super happy. Thank you. Pleasure, mate. It's a pleasure. I still, I still talk about that dinner we went to in Malibu that that time with with Richard. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that was great. <laughs> now you've recently completed a script, and I know you already have a lot of interest in it. Tell us about mm-hmm. the book the film's based on, and how's it done? Yeah, um, the film is based on a book called First They Killed My Father, as well as another book called Lulu in the Sky. Uh, both books are bestsellers. They're in Barnes & Noble. They're on Amazon.com. They've sold millions of copies worldwide. And it's uh, the true life story of Luang Ang. Um, I could fill you in as well on what the script's about. What we did was we yeah. took uh, both of the screenplays right. uh, and we interwove them. So it's both the child going through the genocide and surviving, and then the adult healing from post-traumatic stress and how love and family help her through that, and then we interwove them. So that's that's all still, well, that's all relevant to things that are happening all over the world in most of our lives these days. Oh, exactly. It's, um, I mean, right now with wars dying down, we've got a lot of veterans coming back, not just to the U.S., but other countries. And what I noticed is, okay, your next-door neighbor might be someone that went through genocide, and you might not know it, or it might be someone who's a soldier, yeah. and you might not know what they're experiencing, what they're going through. So one thing that this movie's uh, going to achieve is showing people, hey, this is what your neighbor might have gone through as a soldier, as a refugee, and maybe encourages people to reach out to their neighbors, get to know them, maybe helps people understand what someone else might have gone through, builds a little bit of empathy. So. Yep. I, I think most of us can't imagine what a horrific experience it must be. Oh, it was. Um, initially, when she would go to, say, the fireworks for Fourth of July, when she was uh, an immigrant in the United States, she would go into these post-traumatic stress um, flashbacks where she would think bombs were going off. Uh, but what was interesting, and why we want to help tell the stories, we will want to help other people heal from any issues they have. So if someone's gone through a war or gone through a traumatic experience, one thing that helped Luong heal was telling others, writing a book about her life, sharing her story with others, helping others heal from their cause, so being a healer to others, um, becoming a spokesperson for the campaign to ban landmines, which won the Nobel Peace Prize in 97. All of these activities are one major factor for uh, helping Luong heal, as well as finding love and starting a family. Um, so those those elements, if other people know about that, if other people see her story, it might inspire them, it might help them. And if people haven't gone through those, those types of things, um, you know, it's like when you watch Beautiful Mind or Schindler's List, it's, you know, people who have gone through things far worse than what you have, if they can overcome and try to live a normal life, it's so inspiring just for your life to, to say, wow, if, if they can do that, that's a big hurdle they had to get over. It, it makes it so much easier to maybe see new lights, see things from a new angle, see life from a new perspective, so you can kind of pick up and, and go on and, and do other good things in your life. It must be hugely motivating to people because, you know, I complain if I stub my toe and... Um you know, to think of the horrific things that people go through and they address it and they overcome it and they come out much better people. And I think it, you know, it's got to be great for society to share more of these experiences and, and make, give us more, you know, not only understanding but more motivation to go ahead and push the envelope a bit. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Films always have to be entertaining. Um, you know, you, you can't just make a documentary or a narrative uh, that that preaches or, you know, everything has to be entertaining. But if we can make films that are entertaining but also have a humanitarian edge to it or that move and shape culture in a positive way, that's kind of one thing that I'm all about is, you know, I got into screenwriting because I wanted to help shape the world. Humanity and, you know, culture can be shaped through the media, through TV, through the movies we watch, the books we read. And I thought, how can we shape the world in a positive way? And then, I guess from the business angle of it, one thing I've learned is if you write, the best way to get it made is to produce it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing the last year is uh, going about packaging and producing this film now as well. So where are you in development with it right now? In development with it, we are, uh, we've been able to get it to focus features, which Reddit loved it. They yep. said, if we come back with an A-list director, uh, that'll help determine the budget that they would put towards it. So we have been able to get some package together on our own, some actors like Dan Laria from The Wonder Years, Ron Perlman from Hellboy, B. Vang co-starred in Gran Torino, Archie Cow is in CSI Vegas. Uh, so we've been able to attract actors pretty easily, and now... Uh, what we're looking for is really an A-list director. Um, that's the number one thing. Um, we'd love to get Rob Marshall or Ang Lee or Spielberg or um, a few others. Yeah, Spielberg would be handy. So that's, <laughs> oh, he'd be great. <laughs> He's listening. Hey. <laughs> um, so we do have, uh, yeah, so we're looking for either an A-list or we're looking for, uh, as well, some more financing. Um, it's a 5 to $10 million budget film. Focus might cover all that or they might cover cover part and we have to get another investor outside of it i um i'm actually having lunch tomorrow um with michael petroni who wrote um nadia and um is just finished a script for um masters and commander and, and um, oh, nice. and he's worked with peter weir so um I told you that I would um, see if I could get you through to Peter Weir. So I will I will do that tomorrow wow. at lunch. I'll see how we go. Thank you. Um, I, I am honoured. That is amazing. I, everyone should do your radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, on this program, we're, we're um, always urging business people to help each other. Um, I think the, mm -hmm. um, the mantra... You know, but one of the things we've been talking about is that most businesses fail not because they don't have a great idea or not because they don't have the money. They fail because of lack of business experience. So those of us who have got some business experience should be trying to help others to achieve what they need to achieve and work with them because we all benefit if we're all successful. Um, and I know you just yep. ran through then the things that you need. So let's let's tackle them one at a time. The two things that you need are a director. Mm -hmm. Well, I will... I will um, start that rolling tomorrow, best I can. But anybody else Thank who's you. listening, I know there's a um, a lot of people in the in the entertainment business um, that listen to this show. So if you know a director, um, then um, give us a call. Either call me or or get uh, Brian directly. I'll give you his number in a minute. So that's the first thing you need. Uh, the second thing you need is money. Um, to produce the film, yep. and again, I've got a few contacts, but anybody else that's out there that's listening that um, has got access to film funding, then um, either drop me a note at uh, bob at bobpritchard.com or get in touch with Brian directly, and uh, yep. I'll give that to you in a minute. Um, sure. So... 
What other exciting things have happened to you recently? I, I saw you last week. So what else has happened in your life? Oh, it's, it's been amazing. Um, I mean, just three things. Um, I came out to Aspen. I'm in Colorado right now for American Renewable Energy Day. Um, I was able, I do a lot of eco things as well, save the world, anything you can do. I think life's a gift, life's short, do as much good as we can in the time we have. Yeah. Um, so I came out to, to visit for that conference and then I've been helping out Luis Hoyos. He's trying to raise, uh, about 15 million. He directed the Cove, Oscar winning director. Yeah. So I've been, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work on my project, but also his project is saving the world. It'd be nice to have oceans and oxygen in 200 years. So I've been meeting with people for him for uh, for that project, and we had an interesting breakfast uh, about a month ago. It was a 20-minute breakfast, and it ended up really becoming a 16-hour meeting. We took a break <laughs> in the day, but I came back. We had dinner. Um, I, I've got a, a company, One World Payments, where when you make a purchase, part of that goes to charity. Um, I think that's a way if we build into part of the economy so that charities maybe don't have to fundraise if, if it happens yeah. at every point of purchase or every transaction. Yeah, and he was thinking, well, what if when people make a, a donation, they got Save the World points? What if people recycle or don't use a straw? Because billions of tons of plastic ends up in the garbage fill each year sure. just from straws. What if people watch a humanitarian movie? What if they watch The Cove? What if they volunteer or they do a beach cleanup? What if they got Save the World points for these things? So we have OneWorldPoints.com. That's in beta. Um, and what if then these points were translated into, say, 10% off at Starbucks and at Quiznos and other places. Right. It makes it fun. It makes it um, entertaining for consumers. It makes it social. It gives a financial incentive because some people do need a financial incentive to change their habits. But once you <laughs> tell the waiter, hey, I don't need a straw, it becomes so easy to just repeat that, and that's where we could change the world. So we're sure. tying that into this film so that if people watch this film, we'd like to have it so Part of it could go to charity. There's a group in L.A. called creativevisions.org um, that is helping to uh, make it so that part of the film can go to charity. They're also uh, able to help package some, some actors on it. Um, that's an interesting story in itself. If we it's have a great to idea. You need, some, a little bit about- you need some really big players behind that, though, don't you? You need to really get, you know... A- I know I'm just picking a name out of the air, but you really need to get the Bonos and the and the people like oh, yeah. that, Bob Geldofs and people behind that to give it any legs. There, I, my mind works in funny ways, but I was just thinking: you you save a straw, you get um, um, Earth points or whatever you call them, and you, you yep. go to Starbucks and you get a coffee with a plastic lid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some irony to it, but but it moves the needle. It gets it gets people to change yep, their behaviors, no, and maybe maybe when they get to Starbucks, they say, "Hey, I don't need a plastic lid." Yeah, or no, they I bring their own thermos and they get more points. Yeah. No, that's that's a, that's a super idea. So, what's next for that? What's what's the next step for that project? For that one, um, we're setting up a, a foundation for that five hundred one c three. Yeah. Uh, so we might need some uh, sponsors and donors for that one. Uh, we, we've got a few that I've been talking with this week that I've shared with. I've, I've been able to meet with um, the family that owns Quiznos uh, this week, met them actually just this weekend. They love the idea, so we might be able to implement it at Quiznos as a start. Um, but, yeah, some sponsors and donors for that could be good. Yeah, set I think, up So that's tax deduction. Yeah, I think that's uh, that should be a relatively easy one to get um, sponsorships for. I think it's a great idea. It's, it's global. It's got all everything going for it. Brian, 
um, I really appreciate you you speaking to me today. And as I mentioned earlier, Brian's the first one in line to help others. Um, and uh, so let's give him our support. And if you'd like to contact Brian, go to your website, which is what, Brian? Uh, they could go to oneworldfeatures.com for the film, or right. they could go to oneworldpoints.com for the Save the World credit system that we're setting up. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. I look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm overseas at the minute, but I will be um, back in a couple of weeks, and, I'll, and we'll get together and have a, have a quiet drink of some sort. And I'll be That'd back. That'd be lovely. Great, mate. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. After this. Thank you so much, Bob. You got a good heart and a great show. Thank you. Thanks very much, mate. Bye. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back. We had a couple of great interviews today, so we have very little time left. But um, we do appreciate the, appreciate all the emails that you send us each week and all the great ideas that tell us about. We do our best to answer them, and we do our best to um, discuss the issues that you really want to talk about. Um, 90% of the work I do, apart from this radio program, is with presentations and with working with entrepreneurs and early-stage companies. And one of the reasons that I love the email segment, um, because it doesn't matter whether you're a plumber or a technology company, whether you're in the US or India or where the hell you are, um, we all have the same issues, and this is borne out by all the emails we receive. So... Last week, I began to answer an email from Jonathan in Albuquerque, and I ran out of time, so I'm going to run out of time again today. I said that the first thing you should do every day is look up your competitors' websites. They post all sorts of information they don't mean to post, and by looking every day, you can often catch stuff before they take it down. And they often post new product releases in advance, new customers that you may not know about, or even agendas for sales meetings and conferences they may may be having, and they can give you a clue about their future direction. You can also study a competitor's presence on social media sites and lots of other ideas about how you should present your message. And, you know, look for online reviews of you and your competitors through searches and on sites like Yelp and Google+. Um, and maybe even find a potential customer someone's unhappy with your competitor. Ask your happy customers to post reviews. Now, the internet and social media have dramatically changed the way customers find businesses, so you need to be actively working to improve your online reputation and your search ranking, and studying your competitors is a critical part of that. So, Jonathan, looking at your competitors' websites every day can provide a goldmine of information. So, you know, and look for that absolutely confidential stuff that sneaks on there that um, it takes them a while to get down. We'll send you a copy of Marketing Match that I wrote with Brian Tracy, Jay Conrad Levinson, Robert Bly, and a bunch of others, and I'm sure that you will enjoy it. Remember, the Bob Pritchard Radio Show is here to help small businesses like yours to succeed. If you're a regular listener to the show, 
and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, and get involved in helping business people that um, you come in contact with. My September newsletter is just being completed and we will get that out in the next few days. So send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com, follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I look forward to being with you again at the same time next week. So until then, have a fantastic and successful week and let's kick some butt. And I'd like to thank the guys that I spoke to this morning for giving me such a fantastic reception. I really appreciate it. See you next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.